When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Monday, May 1st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Well, the NFL draft has come and gone, and it left quite an impression on Kansas City. We'll spend time talking about the big party here last weekend, well, starting today, actually, because we opened the show with a press conference from Chiefs owner Clark Hunt. He met the media on Friday, the day after the first round, when the Chiefs drafted Felix Enudike Uzama of Kansas State and Lee Summit High. Hunt shared his impressions of the draft at Union Station and the Liberty Memorial, plus so much more. Then we hear from Dante Hall. Hall was announced as the latest member of the Chiefs Hall of Fame this weekend, and I think you'll enjoy hearing his comments. Finally, we have a conversation with Chiefs beat writer Herbie Teopi. I should say former beat writer, Herbie's retiring, and his final act as the star's primary beat writer was to discuss what the Chiefs accomplished in this draft, and he shared some final thoughts on his career. So let's get started with Clark Hunt. You know, first of all, uh, I want to compliment the job that the city has done in hosting the draft. I had a chance to be down there uh, before the draft and then also at the end of the draft. Um, and uh, I just thought it was spectacular. Uh, I thought it, it showed great uh, on TV as well. I uh, heard nothing but compliments uh, from the league office uh, personnel in terms of the job that the city's done. And uh, based on my experience walking around the streets beforehand, it looked like everybody was having a very fun time as well. Um, I also want to mention uh, how excited uh, we are to add Felix uh, to the roster. Um, uh, both uh, Coach Reed and Brett Veach uh, believe that he'll be able to come in and make a significant contribution uh, this year. Uh, I had a chance uh, to meet him a few minutes ago, and uh, he's so excited uh, to be a member of, of the Chiefs. In fact, uh, last night when I was talking to him on the, on the phone, uh, he broke down crying, and uh, um, yeah, I could hear him, hear him say, I've been dreaming about this my entire life. Uh, so it's really neat to, to add a, a local kid, somebody who went to college pretty, pretty close by at K-State, uh, to the roster. He definitely wants uh, to be a chief and is excited about it. Um, and then uh, finally, I, I want to congratulate uh, Dante Hall on being the 52nd uh, member of the Chiefs Hall of Fame. Uh, I think it's a very deserving uh, honor for him. Uh, what an incredible player he was. Uh, and also, uh, I want to compliment him on his many contributions to the community, both during his time uh, as a player and also uh, in retirement. Um, I had a chance to be over uh, with him in Germany uh, last year, um, helping market the NFL in Germany and the, and the Chiefs, and uh, he's just a great ambassador uh, for the team uh, and the community. And with that, I'll open it up. Clark, just about last night, um, there's no real blueprint for a, a team to host 
um, since they've taken it to the road. So I, obviously there was a, a quite a, a chief statement there. How, how, did, how much did you think that through? And, and how, to Adam's point, how, how did you enjoy being up there for that? Uh, yeah, so it was a very uh, unique situation to have the Super Bowl champion Chiefs uh, drafting uh, last uh, um, in the first round. And uh, it, it was a conversation that took place uh, between our, our staff and the league office. And uh, the league office uh, thought it would be neat uh, to close the draft uh, with something that was very Chiefs-focused, uh, like they had opened the draft uh, with, with a a Chiefs vibe with uh, Patrick and and Kelsey out there on stage. And with uh, going out with the trophy, uh, with, what, did, what did that feel like for you to put the third <clears throat> trophy there and to just have this moment, Kansas City in the spotlight, the Chiefs in the spotlight that way? Well, I really think the draft has been all about Kansas City, <clears throat> and uh, it's an exclamation point on an incredible decade uh, that we've had here with our sports teams. Uh, starting with Sporting Kansas City, uh, winning the MLS Cup in 2013, then the Royals hosting two consecutive World Series in 2014 and 2015, and then, of course, the five AFC Championship games that we've been fortunate enough to host, um, claiming a couple of Lombardi trophies uh, along the way. So uh, I think the draft, in a lot of ways, is, is a celebration uh, of all that uh, success. Um, and certainly, uh, we're, we're very proud of the Chiefs' accomplishments this past season, and it was great having uh, not only the Super Bowl 57 trophy out there, but uh, the other two we'd won as well. What did it look like from the stage? We all see it from there. Was <clears throat> kind of overwhelming looking out at that crowd? Yeah, yeah, it really was, and um, I've had the good fortune of being on a stage very similar to that several times in the last few years with the Super Bowl parade uh, concluding right there. Um, and, and the visual from that stage, uh, particularly during the Super Bowl parades where it was all red, um, you know, uh, up on the hill, I mean, it, it's really overwhelming. Um, the draft was a little bit different in that you had the pods uh, for, for each team. Uh, so I, I really liked the Chiefs pod, which was right down, down in front to the left. I did hear a few boos from uh, you know, some, some of the other pods, but uh, uh, it, it, it was overwhelming. And that, that stage is much bigger than a football field. Uh, I thought, thought it showed uh, tremendously. They did a, a great job of incorporating the architecture. Uh, of Union Station in it uh, and not covering that with the stage. So I think all that worked really well. Clark, what would have happened if you guys had traded that pick? Would you have to exit stage left? Or uh, well, I, I, I don't think I would have made it out on the stage had that <laughs> happened. Um, and, and certainly uh, with Brett Veach, those, those are always possibilities. Logistically, were you down there like 30 minutes early? And what if they had traded it? Was it like right to the last second before you get to go out? Uh, so I, I got down there probably uh, 15 minutes uh, before we were on, on the clock, um, and uh, I was in in a green room uh, actually with the the Kelsey brothers and their mother, uh, who was an, announcing the Eagles pick uh, right right before us. So. Um, that there was a lot of optionality to how that could have turned out, and uh, whichever way it went, it was going to be you know great for the Chiefs. Clark, we've talked some how <clears throat> the franchise has gotten from what it was a few years ago to where it is now, and there's a lot of people who deserve some credit for that. But how do you quantify Pat's role in that? What, 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 can you can you do that? Can you sum up what what he's meant for the franchise and in, in elevating it to what it is now? Yeah. Well, certainly when you talk about the 
success that we've had uh, over the last five years, uh, Patrick has to be, you know, right there at the top of the list. Uh, although I think it's unfair uh, to rank people uh, because uh, uh, the role that Andy Reid has played, um, you know, certainly you know makes him one of the most important figures in the history of the franchise. And then uh, Brett Veach and, and Mark Donovan and their respective responsibilities have also done an outstanding job. And I feel like in some ways, you know, we've been stacking one brick uh, on top of another uh, at, as we've built this um, and, you know, found a way to, to evolve and get a little bit better each year. And that's really a credit uh, to all those individuals I, I mentioned. But, uh, you know, certainly, you know, Patrick's incredible. And he's not only incredible as a player on the field, but, but also as a representative of the franchise off the field. Brett has indicated you guys might look at doing something with his contract when uh, maybe after the Burrow and uh, Herbert contracts get done. H how do you go about determining his value, specifically him, his value to, to the franchise? Well, I, I don't know that there's really a way uh, to quantify it uh, financially. And, uh, you know, no matter, you know, what he makes over his career, I'm, I'm sure one way or another he'll be underpaid. Uh, the great thing about Patrick is uh, when we did that deal, he recognized that he wanted to give the club the flexibility to build the team around him. And that contract was structured in that way. Uh, we're only one year uh, into a 10-year contract, so, so there's a long ways to go. But I think what Patrick cared most about uh, was winning. Um, and uh, he certainly has been able to do a lot of that. Uh, Brett Veach has had enough flexibility uh, to be able to add uh, quality players each year. And that's you know, part of the reason why we were able to lift the Lamarty Trophy again. Clark, um, first one to chat with you since that NFLPA report came out. Just wondered, what, if anything, <clears throat> have you altered as a result of reading that feedback? Uh, yeah, so we were surprised um, by uh, some of the negative things uh, in that report. Um, I, I've heard reports that, that at least some of that survey was taken earlier in the year, and there were some things uh, that were subsequently changed um, even before we were aware uh, of the report. Uh, I'll be interested to see it uh, this coming year. Uh, nobody likes uh, criticism, but you know, from my standpoint, uh, feedback's always positive, and so you know, we'll take it and learn from it. Some of that stuff obviously related to just financial investment, as far as the upgrade of facilities and um, just some other services. It seems like some other teams are providing. Do you have plans to change any of that stuff that you received that criticism about? Uh, so I, I think one of them related to the uh, travel. Uh, accommodations, uh, including the aircraft size. There was a time during COVID uh, that we were forced to fly smaller airplanes and only recently have been able to go back to the bigger airplanes. Uh, so that would be an example. One thing that I think's uh, corrected. Um, another thing uh, that, that was similar to that is providing babysitting services at the stadium for the players during the game. We had to eliminate that dur during COVID and we will bring that back uh, going forward. Uh, so those are examples. And then things related to the facility, I, you know, uh, I think we've all been thrilled to be in this beautiful training complex you know, here for the past 16 or 17 years, and it's hard to believe uh, that it's already you know, aging, um, but, but it is. The, the league continues to grow, the staff continues to grow, and uh, we, we certainly have to figure out how to accommodate our, our needs going forward, uh, not only with the stadium, but also with the training facility. Yeah, the Super Bowl, I guess, was during COVID. Um, <coughs> this one was not 
publicly start the height of it. Is there a, uh, any further news about whether you'll go to the White House or not? Uh, there's not any uh, specific news. Uh, we have been in contact with them and are discussing a, a couple of dates, but nothing has been confirmed at this point. Anything happening new with the stadium stuff? We keep seeing things with the Royals, and they, they say they talk to you and work with you. Everything going well on that front from your end? It, it is, and we, and we do stay in communication with the Royals. Uh, that they've uh, been going through a process, receiving you know some feedback uh, from some community events uh, that they've done to to try to get uh, thoughts from the community on on what's the best direction for them. Um, truthfully, we we've not focused on it a lot. You know, since uh, the playoffs uh, started, we we got busy with that, and then Super Bowl, and that now the draft. Um, but we'll we'll turn our focus uh, back to it, um, and you know we'll work with the Royals from a, a timing standpoint because obviously uh, the the two of us you know have a partnership here and uh, we, we've got to make a decision that's good for both franchises. John Sherman had said uh, kind of aggressively maybe if they could be out and have a stadium built by 27 or 28, that's before the lease is over. So it seems like this you guys will be separated. Is that going to be a good thing for the Chiefs to have your own lease? Is it or has it been worn out its welcome? I guess to be on the double lease together. I don't really think that it, it's worked uh, to our disadvantage to, to have them at, as partners. I mean, this sports complex is special, and there's certainly a, enough space here uh, for both both franchises. Um, they haven't made a final decision on, on where they'd like to go, but I know they're looking at some sites uh, around downtown. And if that's the decision they end up making, uh, you know, then we'll have more flexibility to do something here. Couple more guys. Clark, you recently expanded you guys' this international marketing area. That's what's in Austria. What's the to that? Well, I, I think it was an opportunity that we in the league recognized, you know, um, we should have had a couple of years ago because as you expand into Germany, you know, from a language standpoint, you have a lot of German speakers in, in Austria and Switzerland, and those are really similar markets from a sports marketing uh, standpoint. Uh, so uh, when the, the league indicated that that would be an opportunity for us, we were, were eager to seize it. Uh, I think the timing will, will be great um, with, with the team playing in Germany this fall. Mark, were you? I don't know how involved you were with any discussions of the initial sort of Kansas City burst at the at the start of last night, but I assume it was important to you to see Patrick um, be out among among everybody invisible during the draft that way. Uh, well, I I, I would say it a little bit different. Uh, anything that we could do to highlight either Kansas City uh, or the Chiefs, um, you know, was a huge win uh, for the community. Um, and I, I think it's safe to say that our number one ambassador is now Patrick. So having him out there on stage uh, made it made a lot of sense, particularly uh, uh, given the number of NFL fans who were watching. Did you hear any kind of fuss about people thinking it was too Kansas City centric? Uh, you know, I haven't heard that yet, and, and I'm betting that I don't hear that uh, here in Kansas City. <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll be interesting, uh, you know, maybe a few months down the road, uh, you know, whether it is. Uh, again, I think it just, you know, ties back to the uniqueness of us being the Super Bowl champion, and, you know, that, that was just a few months ago, so the timing was really good. It's a great way to, to extend our celebration. Mark, I think it was this time last year when we asked about the stadium, you said it was still your preference to make something work with this side at Arrowhead. Just wanted to follow up on that. Has anything changed with, with 
Uh, no, it, it hasn't. Um, uh, we, we feel structurally uh, that, that the building uh, has an opportunity to, to go further, um, and that, that was part of the evaluation process that we've been through over the last couple of years. Uh, we're still trying to make uh, a final decision between a renovation and a new building, uh, but at least we know at this point that it's it's an option uh, if we'd like to renovate Arrowhead and uh, you know keep one of the greatest traditions in pro football alive. Nate, um, Clark, you've obviously been a part of letting Andy and Brett have come to you with trades. I'm just wondering, can you share what your perspective is when they bring you a possible trade, how much you give your uh, lens to it, and then secondly, um, before the second round starts, um, do you feel like you guys will potentially trade up tonight? Yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier that uh, you know Brett's fairly aggressive and and willing to trade both both up and down, and uh, he and his staff are constantly working the phones uh, during every draft. Um, you know, looking for opportunities to to make make a move because there are always players that you believe are going to be taken before you get to your, your natural pick. And uh, you, you want to know if there's a, an option there that makes sense in terms of the compensation for, for the trade. So uh, last night you know, was, was like uh, any night, and, and Brett Staff was working that. Um, when we go through those processes, if something starts to look like it's, it has traction, um, he and I, and, and typically Coach Reed, you know, will get together to, to really talk about the compensation and, you know, whether it makes sense for the franchise and, you know, wh what it then means in day two and day three, uh, particularly if you're giving away draft picks. You know, is it going to limit what we'd like to get get accomplished? So, uh, that that's a dialogue that ha happens every year. And last night was was uh, no different. Um, <clears throat> you know, as we go into tonight, I, I don't have any expectation. Uh, that, that he'll trade, but I, I certainly believe it's a, a possibility, and, and I know he'll have some options uh, based on the work that his staff will do, um, you know, as we get into the middle of the round. Amen. Do you have a moment that's been most special for you? Is it when you put the third Lombardi Trophy down and say the, the reigning champs pick, or maybe something smaller with this whole draft in Kansas City? Uh, so I. Like the Super Bowl parade, I would have a hard time picking out just one thing uh, from last night. Um, you know, certainly, you know, getting to announce uh, the selection of a player with local roots, uh, I thought was special. Uh, but before the draft, I was up on the World War One uh, monument um, and doing. I was doing some interviews up there, and I had a chance then to look back at Union Station, and th and that's a view that I, I've never seen before. And there were already 40 or 50,000 uh, fans that had, that had streamed in, uh, most of them wearing red. And uh, it was a pretty special sight uh, to see the draft stage and all the Chiefs fans from that vantage point. Last one. Uh, Clark, round one gets a lot of the attention. <clears throat> Chiefs have found a lot of good players on day two and day three. How much do you enjoy tonight and tomorrow and this whole process? Yeah, I, I think day two and day three are really where personnel staffs can distinguish themselves, and uh, Brett's staff has certainly done that in recent years. Uh, we look look back to last year and the number of players that we were able to select in the later rounds who ended up making a big contribution last year uh, all the way through the Super Bowl. Um, you tend to get a lot of dispersion uh, on day two and particularly day three in terms of how teams evaluate players. And I think it's where the really good staffs uh, can shine. So I'm looking forward to adding some you know, talented players here over the next 
two days, and uh, you know, hopefully ones will be able to help us get back to the Super Bowl this year. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says Start a Subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Here is Dante Hall. I think because I just realized as I've gotten older and you reflect back that the Chiefs took this organization, the late, great Lamar Hunt, took a chance on me, an immature kid. They nurtured me. They gave me time to mature and grow. And I just appreciate that so much because I realized most organizations, most teams, coaches, um, they don't do that. So um, to live out my childhood dream, fall in love with this team, and now to have that team reciprocate that love back by far the best accomplishment. What's it going to mean to have your name What's going on? I mean, for me, it's, it's really not about me. It's more so I can now take my kids to Arrowhead and be like, look, <laughs> look what daddy did. And when I preach, you know, working hard and striving for success, I'm not just talking out of both sides of my mouth, you know? I have proof that I know what it takes. When you dream at night, what what point comes back to you? You had so many unbelievable returns. Which one do you remember the best? I remember this one the best, and it's my favorite by far, is the play in Denver, not the return here, the catch on the sideline, the spin, step back. Uh, Just I think aesthetically, just as a football fan, I love it the most, but it was also the most important because at that time I was primarily just a return man. They would stick me in on gadget plays as a receiver. But I remember coming in after that particular play in that particular game, having so many more plays designed and drawn up just for me. And what that did was it allowed me to play more on offense, which allowed me to get in the game and get in the groove more, which I think helped spring my actual uh, return game. Because it was tough the first two years only being a return man. You're not playing much on offense. You're coming in cold, trying to make a play. You don't get the, the flow and the speed of the game. But after that, I played in about 30%, 40% of the offense. 
and the return game became much more easier to me at that point. Jonathan, what's this been like for you, this all happening this weekend, NFL draft in Kansas City? Can you hear my voice? <laughs> I'm running on fumes right now, but it's been, it's been amazing. It's been nonstop. Be here, be there. Uh, what an honor to be selected after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl as they're hosting the NFL draft and to be incorporated and a part of, part of it all is just, is just amazing. Along those lines, has this made you sort of reflect on the way you, you grew in, in every way during your time here? What do you mean? How the Chiefs helped you grow and, in, in the game and in your life? I know you've spoken fondly before about... Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not understanding the question. Is this making you reflect on your appreciation? Oh, got you, got you. Um, I've always reflected before this point, which is why I said what I said earlier. Um, it made me appreciate my time as a chief, my time in the NFL, and I could see um, the little nuances and things that they did as far as patience, sending me overseas to play in Scotland, developing me as a receiver, all the little things that you really are not aware of when you're 21, 22 years old. Have you heard from any of your teammates or fellow All of them. <laughs> all of them. Uh, still got about 80 more texts to go through, a bunch of social media DMs, but pretty much the central people I've spoken with and uh, definitely uh, going to be celebrating soon. Can you recount the moment that you found out about this, how you found out and what you did? <clears throat> so I'm an avid golfer now. I was golfing, so my phone was away, yeah. but I had a moment to check it. I see a 214 number, I recognize that I'm a Texas guy, that's Dallas. Who do I know in Dallas? Thinking it's family. Check my voicemail, it's Clark Hunt. In a monotone voicemail, he tells me, this is Clark Hunt, I'm the Chiefs. I'm gonna call back when you have a chance. <laughs> if you know me, this could be really, really good, or this could be really, really bad. That's what I'm thinking, what have I done? What have I done in the past? <laughs> and then I call him back. It was obviously great news. I go to the tee box on my next shot, and I'm a pretty good golfer, pretty much down the middle for the most part. I was so excited and filled with so much joy. That tee shot went so far right, I never saw that ball again. <laughs> so amazing moment for me. I was doing what I love, and the team that I love the most called me and gave me that great news. Dante, you played on some good teams, but couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. you know, what? How would you like that era of Chiefs football to be remembered? I mean, that's a great question, Adam. How would I like to? Wow, great question. Um, I just think maybe we were like the cornerstone, the, the stepping, the foundation to get Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs organization back to where they are now. I know in the 90s, they were great, couldn't quite get it done, had some lean years. We had a couple of great years, and then it was lean again, and now it's obviously great. Maybe we were just a cornerstone and a stepping stone, a foundation for what they have in place now. But I know we really, Coach Ramil and that staff and the, the guys he brought in, we really, really tried our best to bring that Lamar Hunt, trophy, Lamar Hunt trophy back here. We didn't get it done, but we really were dedicated to getting the job done, even though we didn't. When you run across guys from that area, like maybe a Brian Waters or a, mm -hmm. or a Priest or whoever, do, do you, um, you, you, what do you guys talk about from those days? Do you talk about the things you got done or, or is there some frustration of what you couldn't get done? So mainly when I run into these guys, it's mainly family talk, not a lot of football, but when football is brought up, um, if it's the offensive guys, <laughs> we blame the defense. <laughs> and if it's the defensive guys, they feel like 
you know, they're aware. They kind of let us down a little bit, you know, letting Peyton Manning score 38 points <laughs> in Arrowhead. So that's pretty much how the conversation goes. So how, how close do you follow these guys now? I mean, are you the Chiefs? Yeah, you oh, man. I'm, you would think I'd never played for the Chiefs. I'm an absolute fan. Um, I watch every game. If they're on, my wife, my kids, family, that's, that window is off limits to anything other than watching. I make it back to a lot of games. Not all the games, but if I'm not here, I'm definitely watching. Like, I never, I never miss a LeBron game. I never miss a Chiefs game. What's it, what's it like watching these guys and what they've been able to accomplish over the last you know, I mean, it, it's fun, obviously, as we all know, watching them. Um, but I'm also amazed, and it's fun to watch what the people up top, what they do every year to put this team in position to succeed every year. As I mentioned earlier, being immature and young, not really recognizing how it all works. Now that I understand how it functions, to see what Brett Veach and his staff, Andy Reid, it's like they go out and find diamonds in the rough year in and year out. These guys come in, contribute right away. So I'm a big fan of watching that. And the obvious um, thing is I'm a big fan of watching this offense. I constantly say I would have loved to play in this Andy Reid-led offense. Some of the, the plays he designs, the creativity, I would have loved to be in that slot, working alongside um, Kelsey and the guys and getting passes thrown from Patrick Mahomes. Just to follow up on that, in this past <clears throat> Super Bowl, you can make a case the biggest play of the game was the punt return by Kadarius. Do you see a little bit of some of your style in, in Kadarius' punt returning? I definitely do. He definitely has some wiggle, a little zig and zag to him. Um, I was aware of him because I live in the New York, New Jersey area now, and we had a guy, Thomas McGahey, who was a New York Giants special teams coach. So I hadn't heard of Kadarius Tony prior, but when he got traded, the coach was like, that guy is probably better than you. It's the first time in 22 years he's ever said another guy could potentially be better than me. We've talked all the time about returners he's had, go speak to his guys. And when he said that, I really had to start like, better than me? Hold on, let me see what we're working with. <laughs> he has the potential to be better than me because he's bigger, but he has the same uh, agility as a little guy has. So that's a, that's a deadly combination. Now, I know I got some kids that I, when I try to explain to them what a rotary phone is or something like that, right? They don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Do you have to explain what a joystick is to your kids? Uh, yes, and I simply lead them to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Google YouTube. <laughs> Dante, what would you say, uh, if you've had contact with Tony, or if you haven't had contact with Kadarius, what would you say to him or some of these young guys about like this reign of, of Chiefs greatness right now? So I haven't had to, I've, I've kind of DM'd and chatted with Kadarius, but it wasn't any football-related specific stuff. It was more like, welcome to the kingdom. If I can do anything for you, let me know. Much respect. It was reciprocated on his end. So that's pretty much been the gist of the conversation. I mean, they have been led by one of the greatest coaches, if not the GOAT of all time. They don't need any help from me other than some off-the-field stuff, like where to go eat, where's the good barbecue places. So. That's how you uh uh, there's a point where you described to me the feeling of what the crowd gives you when you know you've broken a play for you. Um, can you compare that to what you envision being on the field next year, the crowd acknowledging you when your name is revealed? Well, I just got a sense at the draft. I just um, went out and did a pick. I think it was a 166th pick. And um, it's pretty, pretty amazing, the reception that I, that I received. So if it's anything like that, I'm good.
Do you enjoy being a fan more, or do you enjoy being a player more? Oh, great question. <laughs> Definitely a player, though. Definitely a player. It's cool being a fan, watching these guys, but it was nothing like going back there, setting up and getting ready to try to take every kick to the house. Can you talk about the 9-0 start, the trip to New York for Letterman? I mean, there aren't a lot of Chiefs players who have been on national shows like that. Yeah. Um, that was the greatest experience off the field because I got to meet a guy that I respect and was a big fan of. It wasn't David Letterman, actually. <laughs> it was Jay-Z. I know so for me, that trip just, I was just telling someone in the green room back at the draft, I respect and have a lot of admiration for a lot of athletes, but I'm only a fanboy to four people. LeBron, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and, and, and Jay-Z. And I was able to meet two, LeBron and Jay-Z. So that should tell you everything about that trip and that experience. I think you were there. We're not catching yeah, footballs off the, roof, off the roof. Ca caught a punt off the roof. That was pretty cool, too. Hey, Dante, when a fan stops you on the street, comes up to you, what do you hear the most? The Denver return. Man, I was there. Or you were my favorite player growing up. Or you were the reason I became a Chiefs fan. Probably are the top three things said to me. Was that a block in the back by Dale Carter? The Did they call it? <laughs> <laughs> Were there any red, uh, yellow laundry on the field? Are <laughs> right, you guys good? Yeah. All right, sweet, man. I got it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Congratulations yeah. to all your success, man. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Here is Herbie T.O.P. Herbie, you're off the clock. <laughs> My watch has ended, Blair. It has um, quite a run for you, my friend, uh, at the Star, at the New Orleans Times-Picayune, at Chiefs Digest, and I remember when that uh, that was, coverage was also in the Topeka Capital Journal. Uh, what have I missed? Where the else? NFL? Yeah, NFL.com and the NFL Network. Yeah, you have been around, and you've uh, uh, you, you have done an admirable job, and so tell everybody. Uh, that's um, uh, why we're even talking about this. Yeah, my last official day uh, was obviously Saturday um, at the end of the seventh round. Uh, so it just caps off a 17-year career covering the National Football League, and as you mentioned, split between multiple media outlets, two NFL teams, the Chiefs and the Saints, and then an opportunity also to cover the NFL at a national level with the NFL. So... It's time, you know, it's, it's most people who know my history, you know, 20 years in the military. I didn't decompress when I got out straight into sports journalism. So 37 straight years, and it was time to take a break. Yeah, um, no, no doubt. And um, listen, you, you've been covering it for, for as you said, for, for quite a long time. And, and you end your career on quite a flourish when it comes to the teams that you covered. And uh, there have been people that have been covering sports longer than you have that have never covered a championship team. You've had two in four years. In fact, you, you came to, back to Kansas City after the start of the 2019 season, and that was, of course, the first Super Bowl champion uh, Chiefs team. Uh, so you've seen a lot of, lot of good football. Has, uh, a lot of bad football, too. <laughs> but you, exactly. Yeah. You saw a lot of bad football as well. Um, but I think... what. When I talk to other fellow reporters, I always ask them if 
covering a winning team makes the job easier. And I, I always say, look, you, you cover the team whether you win or lose. People's moods are better when you're covering a yes. winning team. The locker room's happier. Um, sometimes the stories are better when it's not a winning team. But uh, but this it must have been fun for you to cover these Chiefs the last few years. Well, yeah, and if you remember, it was kind of funny. My first day back here... Because uh, I left, I left in 2016 to go to New Orleans. But then, uh, when the star brought me back here, as you mentioned before, this just right after the start of the 2019 season, the first press conference here, Andy Reid, bless his soul, you know, closes out his opening remarks. He looks over at me and says, "It's good to have Herbie back in town." <laughs> and then I remember at the Super Bowl after they won, and they handed me the mic uh, during his post game press conferences, and he's like, "You were, you were the good luck charm." But, you know, we, that's the kind of relationship that I kind, you know, I sort of had with Andy. And uh, what a great coach. What a great coach for Kansas City. What a great coach for Chiefs fans. Just a great coach in general. Um, when he found out that I was leaving on Friday, or excuse me, Thursday night, first night of the draft, when he found out I was leaving out here in the hallway, he gave me a hug. You know, he, was like, he was like, best of luck to you. You know, you stay in touch. But, yeah, I thought that was special. That was pretty cool. Because cool. I went to shake his hand, and he's like, oh, we ain't having none of that. And he gave me Bring it in. Bring yeah. it in, Herbie. Um, I'm going to miss the doggone at Herbie's that we get from uh, about every other press conference uh, when you when you ask him a question that he um, is not totally prepared to answer. But I will give him this. He always answers the question. Yeah. You know? uh, but doggone at Herbie. Um, that, that should be on a T-shirt somewhere, I think. But uh, all right. Well, we'll... Um, we're going to keep up with you and your fortunes uh, for, um, you know, for, and you're, we, we won't need to share what you're going to do, but, <laughs> uh, but maybe we'll see you on TV doing it. Could <laughs> be. Some, sometime. Some live stream or something. All right, but before we let you go, just uh, what you think of this draft? Chiefs just completed the draft and uh, didn't take as many as they did a year ago. Yeah. And when that draft class really was pivotal with uh, to, and important to the success of the team that went on to win the Super Bowl. But generally, what do you think about this one? I thought they addressed the needs that they needed to address. You know, defensive end, wide receiver, offensive lineman, I felt they had to get within their first three picks. Not necessarily in that order, but it had to be those three positions. And, of course, Brett Veach drilled it. You know, he takes up Felix and Yudike Uzama. And let's stop here for a second to acknowledge why that is a favorite pick of yours. <laughs> a, a fellow K-State alum. <laughs> you and your first uh, your first round selection, your first mock draft for the star. Yeah. And, and you nailed it. Here's the funny thing, because Jesse and I were talking about that this is the fourth straight year that I have drilled <laughs> their first uh, pick in the mock draft. I told them, so next year you, you've got some big sh- shoes to yes. fill there. I expect you to drill it. But, you know, pass rusher, Wide receiver, which they got with Rasheed Rice in the second round out of SMU, and then an offensive lineman. They had to get one or a tackle, uh, and they got their guy out of Oklahoma. Wayne, uh, um, I forgot the last name. Wayne Morris. Wayne Morris. Yep, yeah, Wayne Morris, and he's flexible to go. He, I mean, he's played left tackle and right tackle, but this sets up a phenomenal training camp battle between Lucas Nying um, and everybody else that they have in the mix there. But that's a position they had to address now. Played with uh, Trey Smith at Tennessee back mm-hmm. about four years ago. So I agree. They, um, I think we all identified the, the, the positions of need for the Chiefs going into the draft. The only one that I, I don't think that they addressed was defensive tackle. Um, they did. They got him in the sixth round. 
That's right. Yeah, big kid, uh, Keandre right. uh, Coburn. Out of, te- out of Texas. Yep, yep. Yeah, big, big Six kid. 6'2", 344 pounds. Yeah, yeah. big guy. Yep. Big guy. So, yeah. Uh, I, we'll, we'll see. Uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm of that belief that Brett Veach knows what he's doing in the draft room. He certainly has proven it. Uh, I think Chiefs fans should feel the same way. Yeah, they should feel the same way. And he, and I, Chiefs fans are a funny bunch, you know, because for the longest time they, they felt like the jilted lover, you know, because the team, everything that was coming out of here just was not working on the field. But it seems like since Veach took over from John Dorsey, your salary cap is managed very well. Your picks have turned out, especially the last couple of drafts. They've worked out well for them. Um, the ability to build around their franchise quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, that's all Veach and this is what you have. You've been in the Super Bowl three out of the last four years. You've won it twice. That's because of Brett Veach. All right, Herbie. I know this is not the last we will see of you. Uh, I bet we see you at a Chiefs game maybe uh, one or two next year. But it's the last we, we see of you as the Kansas City Stars Chiefs beat writer. It has been a privilege working with you. And I have, I have totally appreciated it. I, I was so happy when we hired you uh, about four years ago. And uh, and it's been nothing but but fun since then. Hey, we, we we've shared uh, quarters in two separate <laughs> cities, <laughs> two separate cities, and, and two separate Airbnb uh, for ten plus days. I think we learned a lot about each other. Yeah, I learned that you snore more than me, which is pretty funny. So that's that's you know, I've, we I've actually cut that out between uh, between Super Bowls. Uh, I think it's because I have less beer these days. But, uh. <laughs> Good stuff, Blair. <laughs> All right, Herbie. Thanks, buddy. No problem. That'll do it for today on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our staff of Randy Mason, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to none other than Herbie Teope. I got to know Herbie on his first stint covering the Chiefs about a decade ago and was always impressed with his knowledge and work ethic. It has been a pleasure working with you, my friend. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.